0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and
1: more. Australia is about to rise for its latest podium finisher as Oscar Piastri, for the first time in Formula One, comes home to take third place and stand on the podium. That's Australian Oscar Piastri crossing the line for his first podium race finish in Formula One. It's been a big 12 months for the 22-year-old. After being a reserve driver for Alpine, he somewhat controversially signed a contract with McLaren for season 2023, where he earned a DNF in his first start, scored his first points a few weeks later in front of a home crowd in Australia, and has recently signed a contract extension to stay with Team Papaya for the next three years. I told you, a big 12 months. Today, we chat to Piastri about how he's handling his rookie season, plus a look at this weekend's must-watch AFLW, and Eddie Jones' creative plans to help Portugal beat Fiji and save the Wallabies World Cup. I'm Poppy Penny, and this is ABC Sport Daily. Oscar Piastri is driving for McLaren in Formula One and is preparing to race in Qatar this weekend, and he just happens to be an Aussie. Oscar, first things first, have you come down from cloud nine after getting your first race podium, finishing third in Japan at last start?
0: Uh, yeah yeah i have um you know i think obviously a, a very exciting moment to have my my first f1 podium and, and yeah hopefully it's the the first of many but i'm uh yeah definitely focused on the next races coming up and yeah trying to if we can and we're in, if we're in the position to trying to repeat that result that is p3 buddy great job Woo. well done everyone remember for a, a long time.
1: What was the feeling like standing on that podium, though? Was it everything you kind of hoped it would be?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would say it was, of course. Like, I, I've been uh, on a, a podium at an F1 weekend before, but it's um, it's a bit different when it's uh, for the main event. And Japan, there was a lot of fans there as well. And, you know, I think also just seeing the, the whole team down under the podium was was very special. The podiums I've had before F1 you know, the team size is much smaller it's maybe 20 or 30 people on the podium not close to 100 so yeah that was was very special to see just you know how much it meant to everyone in the team as well but it was a, a very very special field
1: you obviously weren't the only member of team papaya on the podium your teammate lando norris finishing second you're obviously both pretty young and looking to establish yourselves both looking to succeed how do you manage that dynamic within the team
0: Yeah, we we get on really well. I think we, especially where we were at the beginning of the season, it was super important for us to work together to try and help the team, help the engineers, make the car quicker and, I think even now, you know, we've we've obviously got a bit of a battle in the constructors' championship with with Aston Martin now, so that's of course the most important thing for us. We get along well. I think we we work together very well and uh yeah, I think you know, we we're, we're always pushing each other to be better on track and on also trying to help the engineers. We often have very similar comments on what we want from the car, which uh, I think is is very useful for the engineers.
1: You obviously are enjoying your time at McLaren. You signed a fuss-free contract extension very recently to the end of 2026. How does it feel to have, I guess, a bit of security to build and grow with the team and grow with the car a little bit for the next few years?
0: Yeah, it's very exciting to to be with McLaren for another three years after this one. But just just excited to continue the journey. And I think knowing that I'm going to be here for for a while now, it's um, nice to to not have any concerns about uh, your future. So, um, not that I was particularly concerned about that but um, yeah it's just nice to have it all all confirmed and I think you know this year's been a year of, of two halves of course the start of the season was difficult for us but we've progressed a lot through the season and excited to see what we can do in uh, in the years to come
1: and for the first time in his Formula One career Lando Norris is going to bag consecutive podium visits with Hamilton Ford and Oscar Piastri coming home to finish fifth Talking about that progression, you personally have really sort of grown into the season. What have been the keys for you, I guess, settling into the car and settling into Formula One? I think
0: for me, uh, at the start of the season, coming off a year of not racing last year, just trying to get back into the groove of things was... The, the biggest thing, simple things like like being around other cars uh, at the start, you know first laps, first corners, stuff like that that took a bit of getting used to. and yeah, I think even early on in the season there was performances I was was very happy with, but I think just where we were in sort of outright position wasn't very spectacular. So I think from that aspect of things,'ve I've slowly improved and I think the consistency is definitely uh, improved through the year. It's been a good season. I think definitely some, you know, proud moments, some mistakes as well that I wish I could have have back again.
1: From Carlos Sainz, he's going to tangle on the inside with Oscar Piastri. I've got damage, says Oscar Piastri. His race absolutely ruined. But
0: on the whole, I think it's been very encouraging. So I've enjoyed it a lot and I think the step up's been uh, more or less as I expected. But of course, uh, you never quite know how you're going to go until you uh, really get stuck in.
1: Obviously as you touch on the battle for you guys is with Aston Martin in the constructors' championship. How confident are you with 6 races to go that you guys can run them down?
0: There's definitely a sense a sense of optimism. We've closed the gap quite considerably in the last couple of races, so hopefully we can continue that trend. Um you know, it's not going to be uh, simple to beat them, but um, yeah, I think there's definitely a sense of optimism, so um, hopefully we can have a good last six races of the year. There's going to be quite a few new tracks for me, and tracks that are maybe not quite as favourable uh, as the last couple of races we've been to, but I think we should be reasonably strong across the board now, so I'm um, confident that we can, uh, we can beat Aston
1: So as a Formula One fan in Australia, I know that these races aren't always on at convenient times for viewing. So where did your love for it come from? Like, how did you get into Formula One growing up in Australia?
0: Uh, You make a very good point. (laughs) Um, So for me, I I actually grew up watching V8 Supercars quite a lot because obviously it was on at much easier hours to watch and uh, you know for F1 I tried to watch uh, I guess a lot of the races when I could the ones that were convenient time wise but also you know just recording them and watching them on a, a Monday after school quite often so yeah I guess I kind of always kept an interest in it but I think from the, like actually trying or wanting to, to be in the sport I think it became much more alive when I moved to Europe of course you're around it more you know I was also driving junior single seated so you're kind of in a, a similar car to that or at least look similar so that's where it really kind of came from but grew up watching a a lot of supercars in Australia growing up and uh, I guess F1 was was kind of when it was convenient uh, or when I didn't have school.
1: Keeping half an eye on Bathurst 1000 this weekend then I imagine. Travelling Travelling all around the world doing something you love obviously it's a pretty good way to make a crust but is there anything you miss about Australia?
0: Uh, Yeah definitely I think firstly like a lot of my well all my family is, is still in Australia uh, a lot of my friends are there as well you know certainly wasn't uh, an easy decision to to you know move to Europe and move away from Australia for good but uh, it, it's all been been worth it in the end I think you know reaching One's been, been nice but yeah family friends uh definitely the weather as well I've, <laughs> I've lived in the UK for the last uh, eight years now so um the weather never gets lost on me but yeah I have food you know everything I think if I I still could live in Australia and it wasn't a day's plane journey away then I still would but uh, unfortunately teleportation hasn't uh, been invented yet so um, I'll be waiting for the day
1: that (laughs) well we hope that it does happen because we'd love to have you back down under and we've loved watching your rookie season and we can't wait to see what you can do next Oscar Piastri thanks so much for your time and good luck this weekend thanks very much It's a huge weekend in the AFLW with a few season-defining matches. Firstly, it might not have a bearing on the finals, but the Western Bulldogs need a win against Carlton in Friday Night Footy. They are winless so far this season, and if they lose this, it'll be six on the trot, something this team has never done before. Carlton, on the other hand, are coming off a narrow win over the Swans and will be hoping to continue their march up the ladder. You can hear that match on the ABC Listen app. The Saints upset the Bulldogs homecoming. Back-to-back wins for the Saints, for the Bulldogs. They're winless in the opening five rounds. The real juicy match of the round is Melbourne hosting Adelaide on Saturday afternoon. Why is this match so good? Well, both teams come in undefeated, both with massive percentages, and the record between these two clubs is five wins to the D's and four to the Crows. They're the highest scoring teams in the comp, so this game should have it all. Buckle up. And Sunday, we see two top eight sides battle it out to try and challenge for a top four spot when Richmond take on the Gold Coast. The battle of the young midfield guns will be key here with Monconti and Grace Egan taking on Charlie Rowbottom and Claudia Whitford of Gold Coast. With both midfields having super high clearance numbers, this will be one to watch. In yesterday's pod, we talked about the Cricket World Cup and who was looking like a chance. And it turns out any chat around England might have been wasted time after New Zealand crushed them in the tournament opener.
0: And that's it. An unbeaten partnership of 273 will take New Zealand home, they win by nine wickets.
1: Luckily for England, it looked like only a few hundred people turned up to see the battering. The official crowd numbers did say over 47,000 people, but in a stadium built for over 130,000, it did seem a lot emptier than that. Do
0: you not think it's sensible that the hosts should start because you're guaranteed a full house? Absolutely, especially on a ground like this which has 110,000 people. If this was India, England, we guaranteed a full house. It just kicks off the tournament, there's buzz.
1: The tournament had previously been criticised for scheduling changes, which meant that tickets only went on sale 41 days before the tournament began, which makes it hard for travelling fans to plan a trip to the host nation, India. I can say with some confidence, though, that when Australia take on India on Sunday night, our time, the stands will be a little fuller. Sound bites. if you haven't been following the Wallabies this Rugby World Cup, well, you might have missed a chance to get on board, despite coach Eddie Jones' optimism. Oh, well, we only had one objective this week, and that was to be alive, and we're still alive. He's technically right, but Australia needs an upset win from Portugal over Fiji on Monday morning. So while we are praying for a miracle, Jones is taking a more practical approach. Uh, I think you're giving uh, Marika and, and Sully credit card and get him to go to the Fijian camp with some kava. Maybe that might work. That's one way to go about it, I guess. Did you catch the drama at the Ryder Cup over the weekend? Quick recap if you didn't. On the Saturday, American Patrick Cantlay sunk a 30-foot putt, Team USA celebrated, and one of their caddies got a little too close to Rory McIlroy in the process. Well, golf's moral compass, an all-round good guy, then blew up at a Team USA caddy in a car park. When asked about it, he had this to say.
0: He was just the first American I saw after I got out of the locker room, so he was the one that took the brunt of it. Um, He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, I text bones this morning and apologize for that. Yeah, it was I was I was hot coming out of that yesterday. I, you know, I was I was pretty angry. I, I didn't didn't agree with what happened on 18, but I let it fuel the fire today and, and and it focused me and you know, I was able to go out there and get my point.
1: Turns out that Team Europe had the last laugh though, winning the weekend. On fire. Ooh. <laughs> Who said golf was boring? Technology is a great tool for ensuring that correct decisions get made on sporting fields if they actually choose to use it. In a match between Liverpool and Tottenham, Liverpool scored a goal, but it was disallowed after an offside was incorrectly called. Well, that's where the VAR steps in, right? Wrong.
0: Just checking the offside, delay, delay. Check in. complete. Check complete. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Off. Thank, Thank, you. Mate.
0: Thank, you, Thank you, mate. you. Wait, wait, wait. wait, good good wait. Process, the on-field decision on. was offside. Yes, onside. The image we gave him was onside. Left back. He's played. He's yeah. gone offside
1: That is the video refs realising they had in fact got it wrong and it meant Liverpool suffered their first loss of the season as the Spurs went on to win 2-1. Although Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp had his own ideas.
0: I think the, the only the, the outcome should be a replay.
1: Liverpool now know how Adelaide felt against the Swans. Rough. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily produced by Declan Byrne. Just a reminder that you can catch all the Cricket World Cup games live and ad-free on the ABC Listen app. Just look for the World Cup button. Thanks to Formula One, Fox Sports and Optus Sport for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.